Webster with Amanda Webster Health. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast varsity squad. It is Scott Ferguson. We're at episode 176 with my good friend, Amanda Webster from the Happiness Boost. Uh, Amanda's story is absolutely just crazy. I've known other people that kind of walk this path. Um, that have given into this path, but Amanda leveled up through it. So I'm not really going to talk too much about it. I'm just going to let Amanda share her story and also give you some knowledge nuggets to really level up your life. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in a dark, dark spot, let me put you in touch with Amanda because she will help you level up through it. So without further ado, here's my really good friend, Amanda Webster from The Happiness Boost. Let's level up. Time to shine today, Varsity Squad. It is Scott Ferguson. And I got my really good friend from the left coast here, Amanda Webster, uh, from Amanda Webster Health. She is a survivor in many shapes and forms. She's an absolute go-giver, um, so selfless. In Aside from being the creator of Happiness Boost, Amanda is a certified mind-body wellness coach, yoga instructor, fitness instructor, and holistic nutritionist. She's also a mother, humanitarian, and what my listeners that know me will understand that she's a suicide survivor, which is fantastic. She's been featured in publications such as Oxygen, Yoga Journal, Cosmo, and Women's Health, on a and on a variety of podcasts. So it's like pin a rose on her nose, right, Squad? She's fantastic. And so, Amanda, thank you so much for carving out the time to come on the Time to Shine today. If you could, please come on, introduce yourself to the Squad, but first... What's your favorite color and why? Pink, obviously. Thank oh, you so much is. for having me here today, first and foremost. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but yes, pink, I, I I was always really girly girl. I always had that very, very girly girl personality. Loved glitter, loved anything with sparkles. And as a teenager, I really kind of attached to that Elle Woods mentality. So it only amplified my, <laughs> my obsession. If you look here behind me, you'll see... This little chewini, Ricky. Oh, it's like Elle's little choo chihuahua. Thing. I actually had a little brown chihuahua that I rescued. I rescued three chihuahuas and I well, had a little you... brown one. His name was not Bruiser, but he was adorable nonetheless. <laughs> what a great movie, too. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, I was absolutely in love with Ellie, Ellie Larder back in the day. This is, she was you know, really pretty. Yeah. yeah, she's a beautiful woman, beautiful woman. So let's get to the origins of you and let's kind of give your story of where you kind of started, maybe a little bit of the darkness and how you came out to level up and be a complete go-giver. I love that you you say origin story, like I'm the superhero. I love it. This you are. Backstory. <laughs> so, you know, I really grew up, I was very ostracized as a teenager, even as, uh, as a child. I was very ostracized by my peers. I was not particularly accepted. Uh, I started therapy at a fairly young age when I started getting bullied in probably fourth or fifth grade, I started into therapy and it never really did a lot for me, but that was what you're told you do. You know, when you're struggling, you go to a therapist, that's what you do. And things just kept getting harder and harder. My dad found out he was terminal in, uh, when I was in junior high. So I kind of had that dropped on me. And as a teenager, uh, in my sophomore year, I was raped. So I dropped out of high school. And I think that only created more 
about being ostracized because at this point I, I don't want anything to do with humans now I'm like just get away from me it used to be they didn't want anything to do with me now I didn't want anything to do with them so I started to isolate more and more become more and more depressed fall into kind of that partying lifestyle I lost my parents in my early 20s so my dad when I was 20 my mom when I was 22 so I was kind of thrust into adulthood before I was particularly ready and I know that sounds kind of sad because you know I was already 20 and 22 I should have been in college and all this but I, I was just still really reeling from a lot that had happened through my teen years and I did go and get my GED and stuff and I wanted to take the next step forward I just didn't know what to do I didn't know what I wanted I didn't know who I was and th things just got really dark after my mom passed away I fell into drugs I fell really deep into self-harm even though that had been a coping mechanism um, before that prior to that when I found out my dad was terminal as when I started self-harming and it just progressively got worse and worse. And it culminated in 2017 when uh, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, Chester Bennington, committed suicide. That was kind of a coping mechanism. Lincoln Park had always been my coping mechanism. So I really just fell apart. I had no idea how to cope. I had no idea what to do. I fell really hard into the drugs and the self-harm uh, even more. So I lost my identity because now at this point, I don't have my parents. I don't have my coping mechanism. I feel like I'm all alone in the world. So... I started using pretty heavily. Uh, I got, I went into recovery about six months later when I met the surviving singer of Lincoln Park, Mike Shinoda. But a few more months after that, I didn't deal with the underlying issues. So I wound up on a hotel ledge in a foreign hotel room in Canada. Uh, and I was just looking down, ready to jump. And in my life, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the pain anymore. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. And I thought that that was what was best for my son, what was best for everyone else in my life. And that was the last thing that I was thinking when I looked down. I hope this doesn't hurt because I don't want this to hurt anymore. I just don't want to hurt anymore. And this is what's best for my son. So to all of those people that think that suicide is a selfish decision, my last thought before I jumped was I'm doing this for my son. He's better off without me. Okay. And you're on the ledge and then what? And then ironically enough, the song Breaking the Habit by Lincoln Park came on just outside my door, which is weird because it had been dead quiet in this place the entire three days I'd been there. there were, I didn't know there was a cleaning crew. There were no real people out and about. Super quiet. In that exact moment, the cleaning crew had turned on their music in a French speaking province, mind you. And it was Breaking the Habit by Lincoln Park. By and, Lincoln Park. Yeah. And I'm just... Oh my God, like completely freaked out. I, I stepped back inside and I thought that I was hallucinating to be truly honest with you. So I went to the door, I looked outside. I, I had a little interaction with them in French and just said, c'est ma chanson préférée, oh, that's my favorite song. Uh, and I came back inside and I fell apart and I completely just lost my mind. I just completely fell apart on the floor because I knew in that moment, okay, something's telling me not to jump. I meant to be here, but... I don't know what to do. I felt like I went to the therapy. I've been on so many medications. I, I can't even begin to list them all. They guinea picked me on everything under the sun for my teen years, from the kids dose to the higher doses to just the new uh, medications. I did that. I went the yoga route. I tried all these self-help books and trams and, and whatnot. I tried, you know, to, to eat healthier or whatever, but it really helped. And I ended up on that ledge because nothing was taking that pain away. Nothing right. was, as I said, fixing me, nothing right. fixed the problem. 
I think that's the mindset where I went wrong was thinking that I was broken in the first place. Sure. That was one of the major things that I did wrong in that. But what else can you think? You know, I was diagnosed SMI in my 20s, serious mental illness, which means I was told you will never have a functioning life. You will never be able to be productive. You'll never really be able to be successful because you have borderline personality disorder. You have an SMI. You're just never going to be productive. You're never going to be functional. You're never going to live a quote unquote normal life. That's what I was told. So we've just hit a major fork in the road moment here. So what made you like, what was it that, because you're a phenomenal successful person now, but what like pushed you down that road to recovery? Because it sounds like you, you tried and exhausted all of these options. Now, what was it that kind of leveled you up and kind of, that kind of pushed you in the, we'll call it the right direction. Well, there's a couple of instances that really, as we were talking about Elwoods, was my Elwoods moment. Number one was I went to a, med- to a professional. I went back to my mental health professional. Right when I got back from Canada, I said, look, this is what happened. I got pushed to this point, but I'm going to be happy. Like, I'm tired of being complacent. I'm tired of you just trying to keep me safe so I don't kill myself on your watch. I want to genuinely find happiness. And that woman looked me in the eyes and said, that is not possible for someone like you. And that was my Elwood's bunny costume moment where I just thought, watch me. I'm going to prove you wrong. Watch me. And that lit the fire under me that I needed to really reanalyze myself, to take a step back and go, what can I do? What am I doing wrong? This isn't impossible. What do I do? And a part of it was, was really reevaluating the lifestyle I already had. That was my first step was really reevaluating the lifestyle I already had and using my education as a mind body wellness coach, as uh, my, my schooling as a holistic nutritionist, using that to, to analyze my life and then to say, okay, number one, what's missing? Number two, what do I need to, to add to build upon? So I remember sending a text message to Diamond Dallas Page. I I had become a DDP yoga instructor. And Diamond Dallas Page is a phenomenal uh, person, but he was one of my childhood heroes growing up. So when I got to do his yoga certification, I'm not going to lie, I kind of geeked out a little bit. But I texted him and I just said, look, I'm in a really hard place and I don't know what to do. And he was kind of that father figure to me because as I said, my dad passed away and I bonded with my dad watching wrestling. So being able to reach out to him was was really awesome because kind of gave me that dad advice. And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, you did this to yourself. It's on you to undo it. Now I know in the darkest of my days, I would have punched someone in the face for telling me that, like, how dare you tell me that I made myself depressed? Like, this is a, this is a culmination. I was assaulted. I lost my parents. Like, and those, those things are true. Like I did have all of these things happen to me that, that had led me to that place. But I did have a say in the lifestyle that I led, and I was not leading a lifestyle conducive to mental health. So, of course, I was constantly feeling bad about myself. I was constantly feeling fatigued. I was constantly exacerbating all of these symptoms of depression. Right. So when I really stopped to look at it and I really started kind of thinking, okay, where did I go wrong? What I realized is, number one, I never put all of these things together. And that's, that's a huge thing for people with depression is we kind of tend to go all in when you have that manic 
uh, that manic moment, you kind of go all into something. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this yoga challenge and I'm just going to do yoga every day. And then that doesn't solve the problem. So you're like, okay, I'm going to eat really healthy for, for five days, or I'm going to go on this diet and that doesn't help. So then you jump to the next thing. And that was a big part of the problem was jumping from thing to thing. So I started really committing to, to making those lifestyle changes. And I found that there were five major components. And I call these the five puzzle pieces to happiness, because these were the five major components that got me from that ledge to where I am now. And we'll talk a bit more about that in a second, uh, where I am now, but uh, it got me from point A to point B. It really helped me heal. And having tried everything under the sun, having really gone in and out of therapists' office on medications, on all these programs, it's the only thing that really helped me have structure, have direction, and be able to. What are the five things? Forward. So the first one, like I said, was really meeting myself where I was looking and analyzing my life saying, okay, how can I boost myself in my happiness spectrum? Like looking at happiness as a spectrum because it is different for everybody. You know, we all, we all experience happiness differently. For somebody like me, I'm, I might not experience happiness in the same way as you. My best friend, for example, she, her happiness like when she's really over the top happy, she might be a 10, like on the mm-hmm. scale. Her over the top, she just isn't very expressive about it. Right. Well, my over the top, I get excited about something and it lights up my body. I'm just right. like, oh my yeah, God. You express, so right. I do. I'm very expressive. I get very excited. I get very emotional about things. So figuring out number one, how I can start boosting that happiness spectrum. Number two, figuring out how I can stay at a more steady place on that happiness spectrum. So when I'm just walking the dog, or I'm just doing the dishes, how I can find happiness in that. So that was the first step was really just analyzing where I was at and uh, figuring out where I was in the happiness spectrum and how I could, how I could improve that. So okay. analyzing my life, essentially. Like, like, okay. like What's the third? That. Second. <laughs> the second. You can't skip the second. So the second was learning how to emotionally eat the right way because I am an emotional eater. I did get anxiety. I did get stressed out a lot. I did get a lot of frustration and my response was to eat and learning how to eat in a way that's conducive for mental health. Mind you, without ever having to count anything, I never, I never say count a damn thing. I never count anything in my life, but learning how to eat the the, uh, optimal way for mental health. The third way is finding your fitness. The third puzzle piece is finding your fitness. And that does not necessarily mean going to the gym. That doesn't necessarily mean doing all these circuits. I have plenty of clients that never go to a gym in their life. They don't, um, they don't do circuits and stuff. Finding your way to introduce that into your life, um, even if you hate working out. So reaping the physical and mental benefits of exercise, okay. even if you hate working out. The fourth one is the three C's of sustaining happiness. And that kind of gives you the tools you need to navigate stressful situations mm-hmm. um, and people, <laughs> stressful people. What are the three C's? So the three C's are the compartments of your toolbox and the um, coping, like learning how to cope and then learning how to communicate. Okay. So the compartments, the coping and the communicating, Got it. learning how to, you know, interact with other people, the highly underrated stress sure. management skill. We don't learn that in school. We don't right. learn how to talk to people appropriately. And then the last one is 
cutting the crap. That's what I call it. Cutting the crap. That's the name of the module. It teaches you how and what to let go of uh, to be at the top of your personal happiness spectrum. Gotcha. So you moved in from really working on yourself and you continuously do it to this day because all people that are always leveling up do that. So how did that kind of roll into Amanda Webster Health in helping others? Because a lot of times people, when they go through it, and I'm a survivor of this too, they're not, they, sometimes they don't feel like they're good enough to do it. But what was that kind of kicker that said, okay, I'm good enough. And then what did you do to help others? I actually had never thought about helping others in this way. I thought, oh, great. I healed. Cool. But then a lot of people kept asking me, how on earth did you go from where you were several months ago when I went public about my story of, of nearly committing suicide? Mm-hmm. People kept asking me, how the hell did you go from that to being so happy? Because it just showed I was a happier person. And I had so many people continuously asking me, and I said, okay, well, maybe I can kind of teach these people one-on-one and, and show them what I did. And that became utterly exhausting because I had so many people coming to me uh, that I just truthfully couldn't handle it. I said, I, I, I can't do this right now. I have so much, right. oh my God, I can't, I can't handle this load. So I ended up turning it into the happiness boost program into the happiness boost course so that people can get those step-by-steps of how they can go uh, from wherever they are to improving their happiness, improving their life, no matter if they're struggling with anxiety or depression, whatever the case is. And the way we measure that is there's actually a standardized kind of test. It's called DAS, D-A-S-S, Depression, Anxiety, Stress uh, Scores. And when people first go into the course, I have them do the DAS evaluation so that we know where they are. And I have never had a client that has not gone up at least five points. on, And that's like on the low end. I've had people go up as much as 15, 20 points on the DAS scale. Um, which is really awesome because I remember wow. when I, yeah, it's insane just because we, we underestimate how much power we have. That's what I, that's where I, where I messed up is I relinquished my own power and I stopped realizing that, am I ever going to be quote unquote normal? Sure. First and foremost, what the hell is normal? Secondly, probably not. And that's okay. That's okay. But right. In November of in November 2018, so this is about a month and a half after I nearly committed suicide, I took the DAS scale. Mm-hmm. And I, I took the DAS. I'm sorry, I took the DAS, DAS test. And my depression was at a 20. My anxiety was at a 16. Okay. And I retook that test in May of this year of 2020. And my depression was at a three and my anxiety was at a two. That's amazing, especially with it being during COVID too. I mean, yeah. Well, I will tell you that I have actually really almost enjoyed this quarantine. I don't enjoy why it happened, obviously. And I feel really horrible. My best friend got COVID and I know that it's an awful thing, but I have enjoyed this time for me. I've enjoyed this time that I've been able to, number one, breathe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I had so much going on, you know, and developing the course and and doing all that. And I had a lot of interviews and stuff and I was kind of... um, pulling myself a little thin there for a while, stretching myself a little thin and just getting to sit down and read, (laughs) just getting to sit down and go, you know what, if I feel like playing a video game for a few hours, do do that. We're just writing. Actually, I I just finished writing the bar that I've been working with a literary agent on. So I'm super excited about that. So I got to do that. Yeah. So Amanda, what do you think people misunderstand about you the most then? I think that, well, it's something that people misunderstand about 
not only me, but themselves as no, well. No, about you, me, please. About me specifically? Yeah. <sighs> That's tricky because I think that, I think that people look at me and they assume that I'm happy all the time and I never struggle because I, I've come out and I've said, you know, I found this path to happiness. You sure. know, I found this way to get through the darkness. People look at me and say, well, you must be happy all the time. You must never have a struggle. You must never be upset. You must never have that anxiety anymore. That's absolutely not true. That's not a particularly reasonable uh, goal. I'm sure there's some Buddhist monks somewhere that have uh, achieved that. Sure. I am not one of them. And I do have you know, points of anxiety. I do have panic attacks sometimes even. I mean, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and sometimes that does get a little overwhelming. And there are moments where I do struggle with that. But now I know first and foremost that I'm going to come out on the other side of it. So when I do have that moment, I'm going to come out on the other side of it. And because I've learned those skills that I was talking about in the three C's to sustaining happiness, because I've learned those skills, I now can shorten the length of these these episodes of these issues. When I have anxiety, I have a panic attack, stress kind of hits me. I know how to manage them and I know how to get through it faster. So it it it. doesn't, it doesn't completely take over my life. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm feeling stressed right now. That's beautiful. How am I going to deal with it? That's beautiful. So when someone comes into the program and you know, you're, you're looking to possibly take them on to help them. Is there any good question that you wish they would ask you, but never do? I wish that they would talk more about what they expect because I want people to be very clear about their expectations going into any program, honestly, like going into any program, be it a coaching mindset uh, program. I feel like people tend to have kind of unrealistic expectations, like we were just saying, of what uh, happiness or what fulfillment or what these things are. And that's why I started, you know, really pushing the, the, what, how, how much do you want to increase on your DAS scale or what are your goals going through this? I didn't really do that as much at first, but I, I do wish that people would be more clear, you know, going in what their goals and aspirations no, that's, are. That's fair. That's hundred percent fair. So are you familiar with the movie um, back to the future? You're a little bit younger than me, but okay. So no, I, I, I've seen them all. Yeah. So let's get into the DeLorean with Marty McFly. Let, let's go back to maybe the 16 or 17 year old, Amanda, with the knowledge that you have now, what kind of knowledge nuggets, that's what we call them here at Time to Shine today, would you drop on 16, 17-year-old Amanda with what you know now? Maybe help her shorten her learning curve, level up, blast through. First and foremost, you're more powerful than you realize. You have way more powerful power than these people have made you believe that you have. You're more capable. Don't let people make you feel like you don't deserve what you want or that you don't deserve your dreams. Don't let these people tear you down. You didn't deserve what happened to you, but you can come out on the other side. Even superheroes have a tragic backstory, okay? You can come out on the other side of this. That's curious that you brought that up. Thank you for opening that door. A lot of people live in the the superhero, and I did before, because a lot of people will get stuck in that superhero uh, where, you know, you have the backstory, you were suicidal, you went all through all the stuff, you blasted through. But do you ever find yourself having to actually go back and become a superhero again to level up even more? Because my coach had to pull me out of it because he's like, once he pulled me out of it and he gave me awesome exercises that now I don't even think about the superhero syndrome anymore. I don't have that. So do you find yourself going back to having to have that feeling 
uh, because I was regressing when I did it. You know, I was going back and going, oh, man, okay, what can I what kind of shit can I have happen to me so I can blast through again and be the freaking hero? Like, do you ever find yourself going there? I don't think I try to find issues to get through, but I definitely do feel like I fall back into that mindset sometimes. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. Yeah, When I do, um, when I do find myself in stressful situations, there are times obviously where I'm going to be like, okay, what, uh, what items do I have to go collect in this, in this world to, as you said, level up. I really like that actually, because I do think sometimes of things as a video game, it's like, okay, what items do I need to find to get to the next level? What do I have to defeat? It says level up right here. Level up. (laughs) So uh, how do you want your dash remembered that little line in between your incarnation date and your death date, which thankfully you've extended that line, you know, that, that death date. How do you want that dash remembered? Your epitaph, your legacy, how do you want it remembered? I want to really make a a stand in breaking the mental health stigma. When I die, I want to know that people can talk about mental health, that this isn't a thing anymore of, okay, let's keep that quiet. We don't talk about, you know, grandma's issues and stuff, but we can talk about our struggles, the struggles of others. I want to be the person that breaks that. I say often, I want to be somebody's Chester. Like what Chester gave to me, that strength, that power, helping find myself again, helping comfort me. I want to be that to someone else. Gotcha. So what's your favorite video game then? Zelda. Legend of Zelda. The, really? Are you kidding yeah. me? I have a Triforce tattoo here on the back Are you of my freaking hand. kidding me? That's a tattoo, dude. That's like it's my age bracket with the Zelda. You know, I'm almost 50 and I remember playing Zelda back in the day. That's fantastic. That's cool. So what would your definition of a life well lived be? You know, people ask me quite frequently how I knew that I got to a point where I should be decertified as having a mental, serious mental illness, which happened to me earlier this year, by the way. So I'm really excited about that. But to me, happiness is when I can get up in the morning and I can look at the day as an adventure because before it was like, I'd wake up in the morning and go, oh God, not this again, and drag myself out of bed and drag myself through another day. And there was no real fulfillment there. So when I can get up and I can say, okay, what adventure can I have today? And I can smile and I can be grateful. You know, even if things aren't going my way, even if I didn't get everything I wanted, I can look for the lesson. I can look for the gratitude. I can still smile regardless. And that was huge to me. When I realized that I was consistently getting up on the right side of the bed, that was when I started really realizing that I was happy. Even if I wasn't perfectly happy all the time, I was happy. I found that base point that I wanted to find on my happiness spectrum. Love that. Love it. And Amanda, as we wind things down just a little bit, I have, we have our leveling up lightning round. Okay. You and I could talk 15, 20 minutes easily in each one of these questions, but you got five seconds and no explanations. We will beep you out. Okay. You ready? This ready. Is, they, they can all be answered in five seconds. It's super okay. easy. All right. Let's level up. What is the best leveling up advice you've ever received? Don't give up hope because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Beautiful. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. I have a gratitude app that I do every morning when I wake up first thing. My kind of girl. Love that. Other, let, let, let's go this route. Not the book you're reading, not the book that's a flavor of the month, but if I'm in my doldrums, not feeling it, you're like, Fergie, read this book. Inferno by Dan Brown. Okay, that's a great book. 
Okay, I'll throw that in the show notes too, squad. Absolutely. So what's your most commonly used emoji when you text? The crying one, like the happy crying one. Straight up or tilted? The tilted. All right, love it. I love it. So do you have any favorite charity and organization you like to give your time and or money to? Days for Girls. Love it, love it. Okay, this is the last question. And you can elaborate a little bit on this, but what is the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? 90s. Yeah, that's Lincoln Parks right in there, right in there. So tell us about this five-day challenge. So I know that we've kind of touched a little bit on the five puzzle pieces of happiness, and I just want everyone to have the opportunity to go deeper so that they know the framework and that they can come out already having taken steps to boost their happiness. So even through the five-day challenge, they're already going to boost those DAS scores. They're already going to be able to take the next step toward moving higher on that happiness spectrum. And uh, they can also get what I consider kind of a bonus step, which is the how to uh, improve your focus to boost your happiness. And that's my free workbook. So everybody can get in that immediately. So they have something to do while waiting to get into the challenge. So how can we find you, Amanda? A happinessboost.life is where you can sign up for the challenge. And then that has all my social media uh, buttons there so you can check me out elsewhere love it so it's happinessboost.life daddy make sure that makes it in the show notes please awesome so leave us with one last knowledge and i'll get you want us to take with us internalize and take action on gotta think here for a second so for just everybody in the, in the term of mental health or in the term of taking life first baby step? life life you know like i said i want my my uh, memory to be breaking that stigma of mental health. Sure. So I want anybody that is out there that is struggling or that knows somebody who is struggling to know that there is somebody out there that cares if your light goes out. Hell yeah! I want you to know that if you ever need somebody, if you need to talk to somebody personally and you don't want to call a hotline or something, you can message me anytime. I don't care if I get a thousand messages a day. I will respond to any person that is struggling and just needs someone to talk to because I care if your light goes out. I love this woman. She's fantastic. This is Amanda was a person that was not accepted, total adversity throughout her whole life squad, lost her parents at a young age, raped, tried to commit suicide. That's just enough that many people would want to end it. So I understand why she might have walked that path. You know, she had a basically a fuck you, a watch me moment when she had a mental health therapist who was supposed to try to help her level up, told her to basically it's never going to change. So she took that that basically that bunny suit that L wore. And then she went and took responsibility from DDD diamond Dallas page, you know, and, and what we say here at time to shine today, responsibility, the whole freaking word is rooted in responsibility, which is the ability to respond. And that's exactly what my friend Amanda did. She has the five puzzle pieces to happiness, which is going to have you emotionally eat correctly Find your fitness, compartmentalize, coping, and communicate the three C's, cutting the crap. And I know I missed one, but we'll get back to that. But she's adding a bonus one to improve your focus on all of this. You know, she's going to say live each day by day. 
inch by inches of cinch is like we like to say here at time to shine today inch by inches of cinch by the yard it's hard she does it inch by inch you know she's going to ask you if you're working with any kind of coach ask the coach what they expect of you don't ex- tell the coach have the coach any good coach is going to ask you that anyways but ask that coach what they expect of you she's going to remind you that you are more powerful than you realize and you deserve everything great in life she is a person that's going to she's a living legacy right now peeps but she's going and she's making a stand and breaking the mental health stigma and she is the perfect person if you're watching on youtube she's absolutely beautiful and she's a survivor and if you she's going to ask you to look at each day as an adventure even if it's bad look for the knowledge nuggets in there they'll help you level up and live fulfilled in these moments and my friend amanda levels up her health levels up her wealth she gave me a whole page of notes if you can see that on YouTube, that I'm going to use to help myself level up. She's a beautiful person. She's earned her varsity letter here at Time to Shine today. And thank you so, so much for coming on. We look forward to collaborating with you in the future, my love. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Yay. Talk soon, Amanda. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561 561- 249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.